I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy here, back at it in the Mixed State of Mind podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to get back into the mix of it because uh, the last few episodes we've done, I, I feel like it's been a lot of rumors, a lot of trade possibilities, things like that. Uh, people that have listened to the podcast before probably know that's not my favorite thing to talk about because they're just rumors and, you know, it's hard, especially with the Knicks. You never know what rumor is true. Half of them, probably more than half of them, about 90% of them are never true, maybe even more than that. Um, so one thing that I've been excited about is looking at uh, the draft, and obviously the Knicks have the eighth pick. Um, you know, we talked about this before when we talked about this pick. You know, last year's draft was really basic and simple for us because we knew one of the three players that we were going to get, and we had a pretty good idea that it was going to be Barrett. Um, you know, it was an outside chance that we would probably get um, John Morant. But you know, we relatively kind of knew what we did. So I felt like the draft coverage from us last year really wasn't much uh, because we, we knew what we were going to get. And we kind of just jumped in with it and kind of rolled with, with Barrett, basically. So this, this draft's a little bit different because I think it's a, a more wide range of guys that the Knicks can possibly take at eight. And when I have looked at mock drafts and, and, you know, looked at what some of the scouts have said and all that, I've seen guys from every kind of range, uh, guys that, you know, have been maybe one or two picks before the Knicks or maybe three picks behind. It's been kind of all over the place, you know, um, with, with the different guys that could possibly fall at eight. So what we wanted to do is start picking some of these guys, um, giving a little profile on them, giving them some of our thoughts, uh, you know, to see if they're a good fit uh, for the Knicks. So we're going to start off with Killian Hayes, who's playing professional ball in France. Um, obviously, I, I believe he's just 19 years old, a uh, very young kid. Uh, but, you know, right off the bat, Chip, one thing I like about him already, because I know we talked about his name before, and uh, you know, there were some things that I've heard about him that kind of scared me off. And we mentioned him before where I said the more that I've looked at some things and have been able to see some things, the more I like. One of those things is just – has nothing to do with good basketball. It's just he's six foot five and a lefty like myself. So we have that in common. I mean, I, I always have a thing for a lefty. I mean, that's just natural. I love uh, the lefty thing too. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, that's just that yeah, that that automatically gets you brownie points with me if you're 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 a lefty. Uh but you know, I mentioned he's six foot five. He has a wingspan around six eight, um, you know, versatile sides. And, and one thing that that can help the Knicks if he's a pick is that he can guard both positions, you know, point guard, shooting guard. He could play both positions as well. So it's not like if you draft him, you're, you're primarily getting a point guard. You can move him at shooting guard and move him around a little bit uh, to give yourself a different kind of rotation, a different look. So versatility, I think is something that I really do like about him. Um, you know, he changes speed and direction quickly. Uh, the kind of like uh, Tony Parker. Um, I, I know he's he's from Florida, so he's not like a he's just playing in France. But I'm just saying, you know, that French connection, um, you know, quickness, changing speeds, uh, and, and one thing that helps him 
from what I've seen. And again, this is, he's a little tricky. Cause like you said, you don't get tons of film on him. You get like some highlights that if you type in his name on YouTube, you can watch some of the high and every highlight video makes every, I can make a freaking highlight video of myself doing something that makes me look better than what I really freaking am, you know? So there's not so much that you can take. And I think a lot of Nick fans in general uh, probably have not seen this kid very much at all. So it's one of those things where you, you, you take a little bit as you can, but this is just based off of some of the things that I have seen from some of the research. This is some as well that I've seen just reading up on him from other scouts that actually have watched him play and probably spent more time with film than him than I have. So, you know, not all of this actually is my own thoughts. I should stop and say, you know, this is based off of some of the draft profiles that I've seen of him. But you know, this is one example right here that, you know, he's, he's changed his speed. Uh, and he's a good ball handler, um, you know, and, and that helps him kind of create his own shot. He's able to get off his own shot. Now, you know, when I, I'm trying to focus right now on the, the strengths uh, of his game before I get into the weakness, so coming up here a little bit later there. But, you know, he has outstanding body control when he's attacking the basket. Uh, he, he is a strong finisher. You know, there's uh, and that is something I, I've seen around him that he really tries to go and, you know, he's not the athlete of Russell Westbrook, but kind of has that kind of motor where he's trying to take off the rim or something like that. He'll try to have a big finish or something like that. Uh, it, it's just when he has space, when he's able to turn a corner or beat a defender, you know, have like a real strong finish. Um, you know, he's great vision, a little bit of a crafty passer. And with all that being said, some of the things that kind of that go against it is, you know, even when he's a guy that can get to the rim, he's a good finisher when he has space. He's not that great of a, a finisher when he has traffic around him. Part of that is, yeah, I mentioned he's six foot five, but he's only 195 pounds. He doesn't have a big body, uh, so he has to fill into his body. Again, a 19-year-old kid. One thing I will say, though, that I've noticed about him, you know, big arms, big shoulders. He looks like eventually – over time, he'll fit into his body. It's not there yet right now, but he's 19 years old. How many, how many kids do you know now that have been in the NBA that are skinny, small, undersized? You give them a little bit of time. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll be that kind of guy that can eventually develop into that. But right now, certainly is undersized. Um, you know, he also, this is from scouts that I've read that sometimes he gets a little head, ahead of himself tries to do a little too much. I uh, mentioned that he is a good passer, but sometimes he gets a little too cute with the basketball and he'll try to make one of those like fantastic, beautiful, like Magic Johnson type freaking passes and he'll throw the damn ball away. Uh, so ball security with him at times is a problem um, and, and things like that. Um, you know, those are like the, the biggest down things that I've seen about him. Um, you know, I've seen some draft comparisons from, you know, what kind of player he can be. And this is he, uh, Kirk Heinrich to Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I've seen those kind of things. Kirk I think that's Heinrich? A, that's a weird gap. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what? You know, a couple – and I, I just looking at different things, that's the gap that I've kind of seen. So it's kind of like uh, Kirk Heinrich, if you get that kind of player uh, – he had a good career for himself, don't get me wrong. But, I mean – I don't think Nick fans are screaming for a Kirk Heinrich type thing. You know, Dinwiddie's having a little success in Brooklyn, you know, a very key player to their rotation. Uh, but, 
you know, that's, that's his kind of comp that he's, that he's getting, um, you know, and another thing though is I, again, this guy here is so hard to pick where he's going to be in the draft. Cause if you look at a draft mock board, there are some that have him going fourth. There's some yeah. that has him going 12th. He is all over the place. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a guy as the eighth pick. I will say this, Chip, I'm not going to say that he's my top choice. Like I told you before, I've seen some things, heard some things. I know he has to improve as a, as a shooter. Uh, one thing that I have noticed is as good as he is at getting to the basket, he sometimes falls in love with his pull-up jump shot, and that's not there yet. Like, it, it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, he gets a little lazy from attacking the rim and will just settle for like an elbow shot and his jump shot is not fully there. It's improving, you know, his, his three point shot from what I've heard as well has also started to develop a little bit, still has plenty of work to do in that aspect of the game. Um, so I'm not going to say that he's my, he's my main guy that I would want as the eighth pick, but if he's there and some of these other guys are off the board, I don't think it's a bad pick, you know, because again, you see some boards that have them going like fourth in the draft. He falls all the way to eighth. I, I just think there's so much unknown with him, which I think also will scare the crap out of a lot of Nick fans. They're probably going, hell no, I haven't seen this guy. You know, we've been there before. Knicks have drafted players like this before, and, and fans freak the heck out that they have never seen him. They don't know enough about him. Um, so I get that unknown aspect that's a little uncomfortable. But all the guys off the board, he's not very bad, or he's not a bad option, I think for the eighth pick is basically what I get. And, and um, you know, it, it's it's a guy that has a lot of, I guess, the word upsize that I think is overused a lot, but they say that he has some. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it would be a solid pick of the eighth pick. I got other guys that we'll talk about today that I like a little bit more. Um, but, you know, Chip, what, what, what have you seen on him? Again, I know it's tricky. We don't get to see a whole lot of them, but what, what is the knowledge you have on him? Yeah, wow, that – that's interesting. First of all, that was an amazing scouting report you just broke down. I've been, I've been doing this. I've been doing this for you know. I know. I know we've been kind of off the last couple of weeks. Different guys, but I have been doing homework on some of these 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 prospects. I, I told you I've been excited yeah. about the draft. I'm ready to jump into it. I've had so much fun. Clearly, with a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, no, I I like Killian Hayes. That's interesting to me that you feel that way because a lot of Knicks fans I feel like are very high on him. So okay. I'm surprised that you'd take multiple people above him. I think he's my number one realistic option. I think it's okay. important to say that. Like at number eight, uh, I like, like you said, some of the other guys. We're going to talk about Vassell, obviously, later. I'm high on him. Uh, I, I love Okoro, too. Uh, we talk, yeah. On uh, Hoops Addicts, we talked to uh, Ian Borders, who's uh, a graduate assistant at Auburn. And he's just made such a strong case, talked about Okoro's work ethic, talked about the type of kid he was. And he's, I mean, stuff we already knew about Okoro and just, he sounds like such a great fit for our team. And honestly, any of these guys at number eight, I, I wouldn't be upset about. But as right. far as Hayes, yeah, there's just so much to like about his passing. Like it's, and his play, his pick and roll playmaking, whatever you want to call it. It's, He's so impressive that way. And I don't know how his shot is going to turn out, but we also, we also don't know the same thing about LaMelo Ball. It's so far up in the air with him too. And I would, if obviously I would take LaMelo Ball over him because he 
seems like the better prospect, but they both have the same massive flaw, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, Hayes just – he's my number one realistic prospect because he gives the Knicks something they haven't had in who knows how long. I mean, I can't even remember the last time they had a, a playmaking point guard like that. Uh, Jason Kidd, I guess, someone who could set guys up like that. Uh, 40-year-old Jason Kidd, whatever it was, yeah. unless you want to count uh, Chris Duhon. <laughs> was he after Jason Kidd? I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he had. It seemed like he had multiple stick because he was hurt all the time. He was talented. Chris Duhon was talented as all get out, but he just could not. You no, look I was, at that man. He was. Helping. I was joking around. Chris Duhon. Chris Duhon. I love Chris Duhon. But, I got respect for him. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, they they need a guy like and no, I I just like his. Uh, his offense and I, I think he has potential on defense, right? I, I, you were talking about his wingspan and his frame yes. and all that. And his, but you can help him guard two different positions as exactly, well. Exactly. And his, his three point shot, the numbers are bad, but he looks like a guy who's going to have a good three point yeah. shot, right? It's a look. Yeah, it is. It is. And LaMelo ball, like not to get too far into LaMelo ball, but everybody said that, I know it's cliche to say this, but everybody said that Lonzo's shot was broken and look what happened. Lonzo had a really good shooting year. So I think it's a little early to say LaMelo's shot is broken. Don't you? Like yeah. it's always too same. So same thing with Killian. Like it's a little early to say that it, a kid just because he's sub 30%, he, the kid's 18 years old. Let's not yeah. say the, he can't become a three point shooter. And you see that all the time. You see so yeah. many players step into, I mean, now at 27, I used to not be able to hit a three-pointer to save my life. I was a guy that attacked, you know, again, <laughs> I am not an NBA player. I'm not claiming to be. I was a solid basketball player, you know, but nothing means that special. I could hit a, I could hit a three-pointer shot now. All right, but five, six years ago, I just think it's just something over time. Some people take a little bit. So I'm not – I I look at this for the Knicks going – I know we need shooters because we haven't had a shooter. We haven't had a consistent shooter. And, and, and we talked about that before when we were talking about draft position, draft needs, things like that. But I'm, I agree with you, Chad. I think he's, he looks like he can develop into a shooter, and it's showing that he is improving. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And let's be honest, we all love watching the, the James Harden step-back type of moves and all that. And, and, and like you said before, we love the fact that he's a lefty. That's just – cool and yeah. he, he's going to be if we get him he's going to be fun to watch that's going to be he's going to be entertaining for sure and i will say the fact that he seemingly cannot dribble with his right hand is a little bit of a concern yes. that's but, what uh, I've, I've also heard that that he he is not he's not finishing with his right hand he yeah. wants to go left <laughs> like every can't time. do anything oh. with his right hand yeah you, you can't you gotta learn how you, you can't you gotta i mean you can't play in the nba if you don't have both hands like you you gotta you gotta develop that he's got he's yeah. gotta work on that that's a good point chip that's something else that i've that i've heard on him but yeah i kind of agree. overall and the reason why i say that and I I've I've seen Nick fans like him. I've seen some kind of not sure on him. And the reason why I talked like, you know, maybe not as high on him at, or at least not the top guy on my list is because again there still is that unknown. I I I think it's natural. A lot of fans probably just if I haven't seen him, I don't know what the hell he can do. It makes me uncomfortable. I a bit I'm kind of like that too. But I've kind of learned that you can't be like that. Like, I mean, you got to sometimes take chances on guys that you don't know because a lot of them develop into really Don good players. Don changed that too. Exactly. You like, you might land somebody like that. So, 
I, I've kind of learned that sometimes you got to, but it does make me nervous at the same time a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I, I look at also something that I've hear is that, you know, he, he's not like uber filled with athleticism, but he's a really solid athlete too. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, it, there's a lot of things that I like about him. I just think from the, those that don't want him, it's the more of the unknown. They just haven't seen them. They don't see enough of them. You know, I've seen people go, well, I, I have you ever seen them watch him play? You ever seen this? You know, it, it's – I think that's the fear. And if that's the reason, I guess that's what would turn some off from them. But there's a lot of things that you would like here from them. So, again, and I'm kind of agreeing with a lot of the guys we're talking about. I wouldn't be, a, a, a you know, mad if the Knicks got them in the eighth pick or something like that. But – with that being said, there there are some players that I like a little bit more. Maybe just because I've seen them, I, it could yeah. be that. You know what? I watched I watched that one of Anthony Edwards' games when he was at Memphis, and I was mm-hmm. super unimpressed. Like if I, I didn't know that he was, if I, I didn't know that he was a top prospect, I would not be able to pick him out of. The I, I've never been impressed with him. I'm, I feel like I'm in the minority on on him here, especially down here in the South, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, Georgia is not that far. It's maybe an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes. You know, there's, there's a good fan base of Georgia in this area, mostly for football. It, it's, it, you know, but, um, you know, Edwards is a guy to me that I, Oh no. Did I say in. Edwards? I meant James Wiseman. Sorry. Wiseman, <laughs> Wiseman. I don't really, I think, I think he's a bust potential as well, but, but Anthony Edwards, to me, like he's he's got intangibles. He's got all these things that could make him a good player. I just don't know about those players that play on really bad teams. And I'm always fearful, like, is he a, the best player on a bad team? So I take a lot of heat because I kind of lean towards that way. I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot when it comes to the draft. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. Wiseman's another one. Wiseman Dennis Smith not. Jr. will never forget that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yo, he's been working out real hard this offseason. I'm telling you. He's, I'm back on – no, I'm not. I can't even do that. I'm just going to stop right there. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Wiseman's another one, though, that I just – I would stay away from. I've seen him dropping on some boards, dropping back in the back end of the lottery. But, Didn't... of course, you see him in the top three in a lot. So – some people are saying the Warriors are actually going to draft him just because I guess they don't, they don't see any like good trades out there for the second pick. I guess it's like they, they can just plop him in there in the middle and have him rim run and dunk and protect the rim. I guess they don't have a center. Yeah. I mean, and it could be something with, I mean, let's be honest. Do do the Warriors really need the second pick? No. I mean, they're going to get half the, everybody back. Everybody's going to be healthy. I mean, I know they don't have the Durant aspect into it, but they're still a damn good basketball team. So they don't really need this, this second pick. They could make it. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, but they could just take a flyer on them. Why not? You know, they should take Okungwu from USC. Chris Persianen has brainwashed me into Okungwu and he is the better player. I, I have I've decided that. Yeah, I've seen him a lot for the Knicks. You know, and, and actually, some of the latest ones that I look today, I look every you know every week or so to see, and I've seen him fall to the Knicks. So again, this eighth pick is so wide open. So many different possibilities that could happen, and that's something I don't. I don't. I feel pretty good about that. Like I feel like there's some options here. There's 
some drafts that you go into and you go, okay, if you don't get these players, you're kind of screwed. It's You, you just got to hope that you pick the right guy. I'm not saying this is an incredibly deep draft because I'm, I'm not even saying what the Knicks will get at eight. Or gonna, it's, I'm not saying superstar or anything like that, but I feel like there, there are a lot of possibilities and a lot of guys that have potential to be really nice players on your roster. So I feel kind of good coming in. It's not the deepest. I understand that. Um, you know, I mean, you look at some of the, the top three guys, you know, Anthony Edwards, um, who I, I might be in the minority. I, I have some question marks about. I just – I could be wrong. I just want to see – I think everyone has do. question marks about him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lamelo Ball, who I, is probably my favorite player in the draft, but there's there's a lot of questions that come up with him as well and, and Wiseman. So it's not like a, a, a super deep draft or anything like that. I'm just saying I like the fact that there's different possibilities, there's different options, there's different things that the Knicks can do with that eighth pick. So it kind of, to me, uh, it, it, it makes us excited. It's why I'm looking forward to getting into the draft stuff that we have here. So, you know, as we transition to our next guy, this is – I'm going to do uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and, and he is probably one of the guys that I really like the most in this draft, Chip. Um, and, and the reason why I like him – and I read – I read up, I watched things. I watched him before several times at Iowa State uh, – there are weaknesses that make me a little bit nervous about him, but I mean, again, you're not going to get a, a sure damn thing at the eighth pick. I just, it's just a gut thing as well. You know, another guard that's six foot five, um, you know, a long lengthy wingspan type guy. Uh, and, and he was a guy that really, and especially in his sophomore year, really had his hands in every aspect for his team. It wasn't just, you know, he's a scorer. He's a passionate. He did, he did a little bit of everything. And I kind of like those players that could do that, especially from the guard positions. I love guards that get in there and rebound the basketball. Cause a lot of the times, Chip, I feel like, you know, you'll get somebody like Rajon Rondo or something. That's a great rebounding guard. A lot of the times those are offensive rebounds, getting second chance opportunities for your team, uh, which is something that Halliburton did a great job especially, again, in his sophomore year. I mean, it seems like he filled up the stat sheets and everything. He averaged 15 points a game, uh, six rebounds a game, seven assists. So he's, a, he's an efficient player as well. You know, he shot 50% from the field, uh, 40% from behind the arc. Uh, and it's somebody that, for the most part, takes really good care of the basketball. That's big on me because I've seen Julius Randle bring the ball up a lot and turn over that ball a lot doing the same damn move that everybody in the damn arena knows what he's going to do. Uh, it's his one move that he has in his repertoire that he's going to spin and turn the damn ball over. I've seen, I, I've seen way too many turnovers. I like a guy that can take, can take care of the basketball, but also be able to create for some teammates. You know, he showed that he has a little playmaker in him. Still think he has to develop. Obviously he's not a sure thing. As I just mentioned before, I mean, you're not going to really get that here. These guys are going to have to develop into something. But I just think with him, he has the ability to be a pretty solid playmaker at the NBA level with his ability to impact multiple aspects of the game. Um, and one thing that I do know about his, his assist-to-turnover ratio is 4-1. to one. I mean, he really does a great job of taking care of the basketball. Um, and, you know, when you get a guy that – not only does a lot of things offensively, defensively, again, another guy with 
you know, fairly big wingspan, uh, gets his hands in the passing lane, uh, gets his hands, you know, on the basketball average, almost three steals a game. I, I think it was, yeah, two, two and a half steals. So th- three steals a game. A guy that kind of gets it done on the defensive end as well. I don't know if – I wouldn't say he's like an elite defender or anything like that. Um, but I will say this, with his size, you – I think he can give problems to smaller guards. I think he's athletic enough to stay with smaller, maybe quicker type guards where he can – he's handle his own a little bit there. I do think he's somebody that will have trouble with other big guards uh, because, like – you know, something like a, a James Harden or something like that. Uh, again, a part of it is another young kid who's really needing to fill out. Again, he, he's a right around. I've seen somebody say he's 200 pounds. I don't see it. I don't see, he's another skin bean guy. I don't see 200 pounds on him. I, I, I just don't. He's probably under 200 pounds. Another guy that's got to fill into his body. Um, but, again, who doesn't have to at, at such a young age? And, and over time, they're in the weight room. They do things. They can bulk up and maybe do that. I think at first, though, matchups against smaller guards, I think he's actually pretty good. Bigger guards, I think he has a little bit more of a problem with. Um, I also – I know watching his games, I noticed that he has a very high release when he shoots the basketball, which is a good thing. However, his release is slower than molasses. It's it's like the, it's not it's it takes forever to get out of his hand. So that's something I would like to see him kind of get a little faster release on his shot to get his shot off. You know, but again, an efficient shooter, efficient scorer. You know, a guy that shoots forty one percent behind the arc. That's one of my biggest things in this draft of finding some shooters. We need shooters. We're usually at the damn bottom of shooting three pointers. Think he can help us out here a little bit. Um, you know, but there, there are some things that he has to, uh, you know, improve on. I don't think he's an explosive player. I, I, I don't, when I watch him a lot, I don't see a guy. That's another quality I really like about guards that are strong finishers at the rim or, or go at the rim a hundred miles per hour. Like they want to just shatter the backboard. You're not getting that with him. He is not an above the rim player. Um, he relies more on his craftiness to be effective around the rim and, and really to score the basketball himself. And I think that's okay, Chip. I think I, I, we, we talked about uh, Luka Doncic before. Luka's not the most athletic figure out there, he, he, but he's crafty as all hell. And that's one reason why he's so successful. So I think you don't have to be the most explosive player uh, to have an impact on it. You just got to be smart. You got to be crafty. This guy is that. I, 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 and I love the fact – the biggest thing that I love about him the most, again, is that he's efficient with the basketball. He takes care of it. He's not turning the ball over. He's not throwing it all over the damn rim. He's not dribbling it off his foot. You know, he takes care of the basketball. Something the Knicks need because we're not that efficient of a team. We can't afford to turn over the basketball. We need any possession that we can get. Can't give it up. I really, really love that about him. Um, I From the – draft comps that I've seen from him. I've seen some compare him to like Alonzo Ball. Um, and I also seen a Dante Exum. So if the Knicks get him as the eighth pick, I hope to God he doesn't play like Dante Exum or that's just not going to work out for us at all. And as high as I am on this guy, I'm going to be wrong again on a draft pick. So I need him not to be a Dante Exum uh, and be better than that. But Chip, if it, 
this is one of my favorite guys in the draft that I really like. I've been high on him. Again, he's a guy that I've seen go before the eighth pick and maybe a couple of picks after in that range. I think it's a possibility that he's there. Um, I'll be honest, though, I, I think he goes like Washington or something like that before, before it gets to us. But I, he is somebody I like, Chip. Yeah, uh, I like Halliburton a lot. Uh, I like him more to Atlanta at six and Phoenix at 10, though. That's where I like Like, I think he's uh, a guy who's going to contribute to winning right away. You know, he's a, like you said, he's a really smart player. He's an elite shooter off the catch anyway. He's not a guy who's going to contribute off the dribble offensively, maybe ever. I, I don't know, at least not in the short term. Um, he doesn't get to the line. Uh, he averaged, I think, two free throws per game this year. He only shot, yeah, he only shot 45 free throws. He's a good shooter, but he doesn't get there a lot. Um, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at hoop math right now. Uh, 24.6% of his shots came at the rim, according to hoop math. Uh, it's not a lot of shots. So, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get to the rim. He kind of avoids contact. He, you know, he's a shooter. Yeah, that's what he wow. is. He's a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, he's a great he's a great passer though, smart passer. Uh, but uh, he's a shooter, and I think. On a on a rebuilding team like the Knicks, you probably don't want a guy who's that limited offensively, even if his most uh, elite skill offensively is such an essential skill. You probably do want a guy who's more varied offensively when you have a team like that. Although I do think he'd benefit R.J. Barrett with his shooting to space the floor. I think uh, there's other ways to help R.J., like free agency. So I don't think he'd be my pick, especially if Killian Hayes were on the board. I'd be very upset if they took him. But I, I do like Halliburton. I think that, like I said, I think that if he went to Phoenix at 10, he'd be perfect there. And like, uh, I think there was a report recently that Atlanta is uh, looking to make a playoff push next year because obviously Trey Young's in his prime right now. I think he'd be a guy who could help Atlanta there and, and help them win right away. And their defense sucks. Right. So he'd be a guy who could help them defensively too. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's a guy who, who would be better on a, a playoff team. And I think that's why they said he interviewed with the Warriors too. So if the Warriors trade down, maybe he's a, a guy the Warriors would take, obviously they're not going to take him at two, but if they do end up trading down from the second pick, maybe they take him. who knows. But he's not a guy for a rebuilding team, I don't think. I think he's better suited on a team that's making a playoff run. Yeah, you know, and, and you bring up a good point as well as not getting to the free throw line. And I think, again, a part of that is that he's not the most explosive player. So he knows that. He knows he's limited around the rim. But eventually, especially at this level, you're going to have to attack the basket. You're going to have to find some kind of shot to make you a finisher inside the lane. You can't just be – uh, you know, a, a jump shooter, I guess. Yeah, you can – if you want to be better than just a role player or somebody that's a catch-and-shoot guy, you, you got to add something to your game. Maybe that comes a little, you know, a little later on um, in that. So I understand if Killian Hayes is there, why you and probably many others probably lean that way, um, you know, with him not being an explosive player. Uh, I, I think, though – 
with and and I said and I, I was thinking about this before because I know I said I think he goes to uh, Washington. I meant to say um, Atlanta as well because they have a pick a couple. I think they're six pick in the draft. If I'm not mistaken. Atlanta um, has six. Yeah, Phoenix has yeah, so ten. That, that's that, that's why I wanted to clean that up as well because I said Washington. I know Washington's right after us. Um, but I meant to say Atlanta, it's probably, I see him going before the Knicks. So I don't think that he's, he's actually going to be there. Um, and yeah, that's an interesting point as well of uh, being a guy that can kind of fill in on a team that is, you know, needing him to be more of a, a piece in the rotation right now than more so than a guy that come and take over, you know, being from a, a rebuilding team and coming from it because, I think, you know, at first, especially, his value is going to be with his jump shot. And I think one thing that makes me a little bit concerned about with him is, you know, sometimes you see these young guys come in and they start struggling shooting a little early on and then they lose confidence. It's, it could be a case with him easily because I feel like if you're not knocking down your shot, then the best way to kind of get yourself going is – just finding a way to make the ball go through the hoop with something like a layup or getting to the free throw line. And just usually when a shooter sees the ball go through the hoop or something like that, they, it just opens them up and makes them feel better, makes them feel confident. Um, with him, that aspect's not there. So if he's struggling shooting, that that's really what he's going to be able to bring. So if he's not shooting the basketball well, you're not really going to get much from him. He's not, he's not going to attack the room. He's not going to look to make that play off the dribble right now. So – that is another area of concern, Chip, that I, I was actually thinking about earlier about him. So I think that's a good point right there. And I, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Uh, if somebody like Hayes is available, then that's somebody that you would probably go over. Uh, you know, you would pass up on Halliburton because it probably is a better fit. Uh, that's just my personal preference is that I just lean to him because of certain things that I like more about him, but I kind of do agree with you that I think if it came down to him and like, uh, you know, we have a Hayes there and the Knicks didn't take Hayes, I would kind of be with you on that chip. I would kind of be like, I mean, I wouldn't be mad because I like him, but at the same time, I'd be thinking, yeah, I think Hayes is the better pick. I, I I'm a hundred percent agreement with you there. I get what you're saying. Halliburton is a pretty safe bet that he's going to be good. Yeah. That's why you like him. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, I think he's just somebody that takes care of the ball. You know, it's just uh, that that is the main thing with me, a good shooter as well. But I, I'm, I'm right there with you that you can't pass up Hayes on him. Just my preference, I rank him just because I like him more. That's probably not the smartest thing, which is why I'm also not the best when it comes to draft. As much as I love it, I seem to sometimes pick more with guys that I just like, bias. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't work in the NBA. I would be fired. If I was, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. although it seems like the Knicks aren't too high on Killian Hayes, like from recent reporting and stuff, like they're he's their second. I guess he's their second-rated point guard, but I think Berman said or Macri said, I forget who it was. Like by he's their second-rated point guard by not too much was the verbiage that I remember was used. So yeah, I guess they're not too high on him. You know, and I think again. I think it's one of these guys are going to go. You know what I mean? Like, if if it's not Hayes early, then 
Hayes will be right around our pick. If it's Hayes that goes early, then I think Halliburton drops a little bit. He might be the pick. I think it's, it's, it's a situation like that. I don't think both these guys are going to be there. You know, I think it's one or the other by the time they get to our pick, which would be, will be interesting to see what they do. And, again, there's other guys that they like, and uh, there's other guys that we are going to, to talk about here. Um, but that's just when I look at these two guys, I think one is definitely going to go within the top five, top six. Um, I'm just looking at some of the mock drafts right now looking at, and, and Hayes is taken. Uh, this is NBA draft net that actually has Hayes taken six. So the Knicks do take Halliburton as the eighth pick. This is one I haven't looked at today. Um, so that's interesting. That's kind of the way I see it kind of working possibility, you know, and again, I know there's other guys that I've heard the Knicks really like and have worked out things like that. Um, that could be fits for him as well. But I, I just I just feel like they're going to take one of these these guard shooters. You know, they, they, they need it. They need it. And it's, I don't think it's necessarily one of those things where if they do it, it's not like, okay, they definitely just drafted like for a position. Need. I think it's a pretty good pick for where they are as well. So I don't think it's like a reach or – you could say, oh, well, they just took a, a position need here and they left this guy on the board type thing. Because, again, we, we talked about this right after the draft lottery trip, you know, a couple months back where, you know, we're really not in a position to necessarily go, okay, we need a shooter. We need to grab him. You know, we, we got to take the best available with this eighth pick. So I think it still accomplishes that. I don't know if you agree with me if that, that's the case, it works out that Hayes is gone and then somebody like Hal Burton's still there. Or do you think there's – other players that could possibly, if Halliburton is there, and is there somebody else? I'm just curious to see what you're what you're thinking about. Uh, is Halliburton a guy you take there, or do you think there's other players that make more sense for the Knicks? Are you talking about like Carlos yeah, Junior? Scenario where, like, let's say, let's say Killian Hayes um, goes six mm-hmm. and eighth, Halliburton is still there. Do you think the Knicks go like with this mock draft I just happened to look at? where they say we take Halliburton, or do you say, you know, there could be another guy that probably makes more sense to take than just grabbing Halliburton there? Yeah, I think there is a guy who makes more sense. I think he, Carlos Jr. makes more sense okay. to me. But I guess if Hayes isn't there, I think you need to gauge the situation. First of all, I'm sure by then they would have gauged the situation and figured out if they could trade down and still get Kyra Lewis Jr. Because like he's like Hayes and like that uh, sometimes you see him in the low lottery and sometimes he's not. Like I think I just – I was just looking at KOC's uh, recent mock and he was 10th, I think. So he, he's all over the place too. Yeah, 10th to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so the Knicks may not be able to trade down and get Kyra Lewis if Hayes is gone. So – you may take him at eight and you may be able to trade down, but if Hayes is gone, you need to seriously consider trading down. Um, but I don't know. I, I also saw uh, KOC's draft. Obi Toppin went 11th. So it, yeah. I, I'm not saying the Knicks should do it, but if Obi Toppin is there, yeah, the Knicks may do it. Yeah. yeah. We've seen stuff that they're, they're interested in Obi Toppin. And by the um, way, just looking, because I knew I looked at, at Lewis earlier when I was scrolling through this, they have him coming to the Knicks at 27 at, the, at this. At this who? Uh, Lewis. That's crazy. That, that's, 
that's pretty crazy uh, that he would fall that far. I don't know if that that would kind of work out, but that would be that would be something. But we have um, our, our third guy on here uh, that will kind of profile through this, you know. And uh, some of these other guys we will touch on again. We have next week uh, and, and the week before we might do some things. We talked about different things that we might do uh, for draft night. But what we have for our third guy that we wanted to kind of showcase here is Devin uh, Fassell from uh, Florida State. You know, he's another guy that I like. I don't know necessarily if I would say, again, if other guys are there, if he's a guy I would take over him. The one thing that I do like about him um, is right off the bat is a lengthy guy himself. Again, you know, a 6'7 wingspan. Um, you know, it's really close to about seven feet tall or six foot seven, I should say. And his wingspan is close to seven feet tall. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that can bring that three and D aspect. And again, those are other two things the Knicks need again, three point shooting and you need perimeter defense. I mean, I think the Knicks gave the most three pointers. I mean, they, I mean, Rondo who actually shot the ball very well in the bubble, but I remember playing them earlier this year. Rondo hit like four or five freaking three. Ben Simmons made a damn three-pointer on us. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was his first, like, made three-pointer, at least of the seed, whatever the hell it was. But, you know, it seemed like whenever somebody played the Knicks, they had a free wide-open three-pointer. Somebody had a field day. So that is another huge area for me that that needs to start getting better, get, get tightened up here of having, you know, better perimeter defense. And, you know, that that's that's right off the bat one thing that I like about him is that he, again, the 3 and D potential. I think that's one of the big things that kind of stood out early on. I've seen him a lot for the Knicks in these mock drafts. Um, and I think one reason why he does fit there is because of this. Again, we need the three-point shooting. We need the better defense along the perimeter. Um, he, he did shoot 41% from behind the arc. He took a big jump from his freshman season to his sophomore season. I, I don't think his numbers like absolutely jump out onto you or nothing. I, I, he, had, he averaged like five points a game his freshman year, took it to about 13 points a game uh, in his sophomore year. Um, everything that I hear about him is positive. A good teammate, you know, a guy that plays with high motor, really runs the floor well, really spaces the floor well. Um, you know, that's things that can make him fit with the Knicks. Now, some things that I I don't like about him is this is another guy that's not going to create his own shot. And that's a big concern with me about him because, you know, right now the Knicks don't have playmakers. So you need somebody to have the ball in their hands that could create for him or, you know, help him get in position, which he does a great job. Without the basketball, he does a very nice job of getting open, getting himself into spots that he can catch and shoot and knock down a three, whatever, get a good jump shot off. It's just with the Knicks offense, or not really the offense, but just with the lack of talent right now, which could change. I mean, right now we don't know. We could free agency coming up. We have a lot of different things. It could change. We could make a trade. A lot of different things can go on. But I'm thinking just for the teams that we've had, we don't have somebody that's going to open up the floor for him. You know, we're terrible in transition. That's something else that he could probably help us out in, but we're still not great in transition. Um, And because of that, 
aspect of right there not being able to get off his own shot. I really think that he is somebody that needs um, somebody like a playmaking guard that can get him the basketball to make a shot. And because of that, I really do think that if the Knicks were to take him, I don't know if he would have success with the Knicks, at least right away, you know, because again, it's not correct separation himself. He needs somebody else to get him going. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I just, I just don't think necessarily it's a, it's a good fit. There's things about him that you like and that you can see how it can help the team. I just don't think the team itself can really kind of take a guy like him on. This could be another guy, Chip, that could help out another team that has some of those pieces already that could fit really well with them. Um, overall, I would say I don't, I don't necessarily think the Knicks – I don't think he's an option at the Knicks, but i just seen him, especially early on when I was looking. That's why I put him on here, Chip. Really early on, I've seen him a lot in mock drafts. I've seen him kind of drop, fluctuate a little bit. Um, not, not necessarily, a, I think, a perfect fit for the Knicks. Aspects that can fit, yeah. But I, I don't think this is a guy that the Knicks take at the eighth pick. What, what, what do you know about him? What do you feel about him? I like him, but I'm a little weary of the three-point shooting because it's a super low volume. Uh, and yes. in, in two seasons, he's made 73 pointers. So it's not like he's bombing threes all night. He's, so he's not going to come into the league and, and shoot 38% from three. I think he'll probably struggle a little bit more than people think as a rookie, like most rookies do. Um, but like you said, three and D potential. That's, that's the key word there, potential. Uh, that's what they said about Kevin Knox too. So he's going to struggle from three. But his defense is amazing. He's so fucking good defensively. Oh, my God. On and off the ball, he's amazing defensively. You watch his during game. Like, he has – by the way, you were talking about YouTube before. Florida State has full games on YouTube that you can watch. And I'm checking some of these games out. And he's just phenomenal. On every single play, he plays at all – every single second. And he's so impressive to watch. He's got, he's got eyes in the back of his damn head. I mean, he knows – it looks like – he looks like freaking Chris Ball. He looks like he knows the other team's play. He's just so damn smart. And obviously he plays winning basketball. Florida State was loaded this year. They were – looked like they were going to be a favorite for the national championship. And, yeah, I, I really like him for his defense. I'm not sold as much on his shooting yet and – He's strictly a catch-and-shoot guy right now. I'm not sure he can do much off the dribble yet. But uh, no, I, I, like his, I, I like his fit with Tibbs, too, obviously. So, he put the money coach, yeah. Yeah, I think, he'll, I think he'll be good with Tibbs. But as far as between him and Okoro, I think you put those two guys next to each other. That's, that's a tough choice because yeah. – I think Okoro's the more impressive prospect. I think you may have to go with him. I know Vassell has the, the Vassell has the shot, but that Okoro doesn't. But like I said, you do we do we really even know if it's there that it's such a low sample size? I know he with Okoro. Uh, to be honest with you, I I think I'd probably go Okoro I over agree. Vassell. 
I, I think yeah. I would. And if Hayes isn't there. Yeah, right. That, and that's yeah. the thing. I, I agree with you on this. I think sometimes you got to look at it. It's, it really is true. I think sometimes this gets overlooked or kind of forgotten about. There's pl- it, we talked about this actually, I think right, right before the bubble or it, during the bubble when, uh, you know, Barrett didn't make the all-rookie team, either the first or the second team and things like that. And then people were like, oh, my God, we should have took Tyler Hero. I don't know why we – you know, that, that, that there was – not everybody, but, you know, you got those dumb people that just don't don't understand things. Part that's of your, it, That's your Facebook buddies. Yeah, those are, those are people <laughs> that, you know, that, 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 that just don't think things through. And you, you got to look at it sometimes as – Guys get drafted, and it just happens to be a good fit for them. It's a better situation. So I think, you know, Fasel would be a guy that would probably I – don't, I don't know if he would flourish with the Knicks. Again, things I like, you know, I, and everything I hear about him, terrific kid. You know, his coaching staff at Florida State, everybody raves about him, a, a leader, a great teammate. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, you can't teach his defense ability. I mean, that's just – anticipation skills, I mean, God-given talent to do what he does on the defensive end of the floor. And I love defense. You don't get me wrong about that. But I think this is a guy that in order for him to be, uh, you know, a a successful player, he needs to go to the right team. He needs to go to the right kind of fit. So I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of fall a little bit. You know, I don't see him going before the eighth pick. I could see him kind of dropping back, you know, a little bit further into the lottery, but I don't necessarily think that's a, that's a bad thing for him because I think he's a guy that, you know, on certain teams could probably have a little bit of an impact right away. Again, a team that might have a, a playmaking guard or, you know, somebody that at least draws a lot of attention um, because then you're going to be open around the perimeter. Um, and then, you know, you're not having to do so much, even scoring. you don't need to, take a high volume of three-pointers. You know, as you mentioned, he didn't take a lot. You know, I think he took like 42 threes, I think, in his second year, something like that. I I think I was reading earlier. It might have been a little bit more. He made – I think he made 42. Yes. Sophomore, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not like a high volume. And because of that, you know, he wouldn't be asked to shoot the basketball a whole lot on a team like that. I just think this is a guy that's like a a good case – of somebody that the right team has to pick him for him to kind of be successful at least early on. But he is somebody I really like. He is somebody I, I hope has success. I just don't look at it as the, as the, the most uh, – I think there's other options for the Knicks, even if other players are gone. You know, th- there's other routes for them to go than having Fasel. But he is somebody I really do like. Somebody I'm rooting for, um, hoping he gets that right fit type thing, so he can have, you know, success early on. Because everything I hear about him uh, is that he's just a tremendous kid, smart kid. Um, and you like you like root for people like that, that you know, are level headed, that work hard, he's passionate about the game. Um, I did see a couple of player comps on him. Uh, Kelly Oubre came up a, a good, but Kelly Oubre is a pretty mm-hmm. good player, you know. But I don't, I don't know. He reaches that type thing. I just think he's more of a, a piece on a successful team or, or you know, a, a team that has a little bit more 
then you probably get more out of them than again a rebuilding type guy. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know if he's going to fit that. That's just my opinion on him. Might disagree. Might you know? I I know that there are some fans that like him, and again, I do like him. Don't know if the Knicks are the are the right pick, the right choice for him. Is all I'm saying. So you see him the way I see Halliburton. Though. Yes, exactly. Ex- exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that was actually something I was thinking today about him. And when you said that about Halliburton, I was thinking about you know when we get into Facel, that's exactly how I kind of see him is right fit, right system type guy in order to be successful. So again, I, I do hope that he. Um, you know, he, he gets that right fit because I think he can be a pretty pretty darn good player in the league. So That's interesting because I think, yeah, I don't think Halliburton has the upside that Vassell does. I think Vassell with with the Knicks uh, development team, like I'd be interested to see how that goes. And then with Tibbs, obviously, too. Yeah. Like he's shown uh, – the game that I watched, he hit a couple – mid-range jumpers like off the dribble but they just didn't look fluid like it's not something he does a lot right you know but like god if he hits it it would be it would be impressive it's just i i wouldn't take him over a core because i feel like he's such a fucking stud yeah the guy, like, <laughs> there's more potential for him to be a, a stud than there is with uh, Vassell. And I, I don't know. It's the it's the Mikhail Bridges-Kevin Knox argument again. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on the wrong side saying that. I, I was saying, the last time I was saying Mikhail Bridges, they had to take Mikhail Bridges there. Yeah. So, so over Kevin Knox. It's... I think he's an interesting one to talk because again, there are things that could make him a fit. There's just a, a little too much that I, I just would say not, not maybe the right guy for us. Um, but you know, I, I, I think he can be successful in this league. I, I, I will say that. I mean, he could be a guy that somebody go, Oh, but we, we could have took him, you know? And again, does it, it it's a different system. It, it's sometimes guys are just like system players. They got to find the right, kind of team to really gel and fit into it, it makes a huge freaking difference i think he's going to be that kind of guy but um with that being said those are the first kind of three prospects i think next week chip we'll probably jump into a few more um you know some other uh, options that we briefly kind of mentioned uh in this Okoro. yeah of course one of them um you know it, some guys that we can kind of look at maybe maybe guys that are you know, maybe that can potentially fall back to us. I doubt it. You know, some some of those guys in that range that are probably around the fourth, fifth, you know, sixth pick around there that are on consistent mock boards. Um, possible they drop. You never know sometimes. So, you know, there are still plenty of players for us to get into. There's plenty of players that I have um, – I, I, I've watched and, and done some, some uh, you know, research on. And one guy I would I, – I think – even if uh, I've seen them drop and further back, even out of the lottery now, and a lot of them after it. I'm just fascinated by the Cole Anthony thing because I swear, Chip, I, I, again, I might be talking about the Facebook crowd. They love him. Like, they, they love him. And it's just like I, sometimes I, I, I put these in those feeds, try to educate them sometimes. I, I don't 
I, I'm going to just foreshadow, I guess, or just tell you, I'm not that impressed with him. I would love to get into the reasons why. He's somebody I probably have a book of, you know, what I feel. He, I, I'm pretty confident about him. I will say that, and I would stay well. Friend of the show, Colin Loring, wrote a, something on the, the Strickland about Cole Anthony, yeah. uh, an Austin Rivers comparison with Cole Anthony. Uh, it was very good, so everyone should go check that out. But, yeah, Cole Anthony's, I mean, to me, the most polarizing prospect in the draft because I, I, we barely even saw James Wiseman. So what is there even to be – polarized about is that a word i don't know <laughs> like yeah at least we watched cole anthony yeah i mean there's nothing really to go on with wiseman unless you're like a draft expert and you watched his high school shit and all that but yeah with anthony it could go either way like i the most recent draft i saw he was like late late in the first round like 20s the, the 23rd pick somewhere. yeah you know, Utah or something, you know. I've never seen a guy take a, a hit like this. Yeah. Who was such a high recruit. I, I think there's a reason for it, though, that uh, a lot of people just, especially, in the, uh, Chip, I'm telling you, you go on the Facebook, I mean, there's people that will sit there and fight with you all day if they can. They, they love the guy. They absolutely love the guy. They think, you know, he, he scored 40 points early on in the season for North Carolina, and it's like he could tra- – that's not going to translate to the NBA because – he took 60 shots that game. Like, they, they, they weren't that good of a team. So, he's somebody I would love to kind of get into and some other names as well. So, we'll save it for next week. I will say it feels good to be back on the podcast. It's been a Definitely. while. It feels good to do it and, and get – Definitely does. And I think from here on, we're really going to get rolling because it's such a strange off season. We don't really know for sure when the season will start, but we hear um, – I think there's a vote tomorrow that the season could be voted on mm-hmm. the start the 22nd of December. So we could have the draft on the 18th, free agency a couple of days later. I mean, that week, Chip, we might have an emerging podcast, depending on <laughs> if we make any moves or something like that. We might have multiple episodes. Um, and then it's really to get you start for the season. And then it would be around 72 games if it starts around that time. So, I mean, you miss just 10 games. It feels like an NBA season. I'm excited about it. You know, quick turnaround, jump into the season. I know um, some of the veteran players probably don't like it. Uh, Ron James is very unhappy. Yeah, he's not happy. I get it. You spent three, four months of the bubble. You just got home. Um, Probably won't show up early on. We talked about that before the show. Like, Kawhi Leonard probably doesn't play early Mm -hmm. on, you know. I agree. I think you'll see a lot of big names, but they'll get out there eventually. I just want bad. It's been since March since we've seen the Knicks. You know, I, I, I want to see them play basketball again, as painful as it is at times. I'm looking forward to seeing them play basketball. So I'm hoping the season comes back. But, yeah, from here on out, I think we're going to be full go, really ready to jump into things, content, um, you know, coming out every week. So I'm looking forward to it, but it does feel good to jump back on. Hopefully we get Danny back on soon. We haven't talked to Danny in a while. So we'll, we'll try to get Danny to come on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's busy. So we'll see what we can do about that. But that's all the time we have today. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.